Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless you all this wonderful Resurrection Sunday morning. I just want to tell the worship team what a phenomenal job that you did this morning. I feel just so excited that we get to celebrate Resurrection Sunday and also to Praises and Randy for that new song that you wrote. You moved my heart and just a blessing. I want you to know that God is doing something new. And today as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, I want you to be stirred up in faith because I believe this morning God is about to do something great. As Moni shared in our... our, um, CWC Connect, we've been speaking on Arise and Build, and we are celebrating today 52 days that it took Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had laid in waste for over 150 years. I know that there's many of you here today, many of you at home that have gone through some things, you're going through some things that have gone on for a long time. You've been in this dysfunction, you've been in this trouble, you've been sick in your body for a lot of years, your marriage has been struggling for a lot of years, there's addictions that have gone on through generations, there's struggles that you've gone up through there's poverty that have been rate that that's been passed on from generation to generation but I came here to tell you today that we are celebrating a 52-day miracle that those things that have been destroyed for generations that God can restore in a matter of moments I believe that we're heading into a season right now of God restoring things that have been destroyed for years you've gotten to the point where you think that this is just the way it's gonna be you've gotten to the point where you think that Things aren't going to get better. But I came to tell you today, I came here to preach a message to you and give you hope and let you know that my God is into restoring things that have been destroyed for years. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm going to have you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Nehemiah. As you're turning there, I want you want to take time to kind of reiterate that we've been speaking on arise and build. Nehemiah is a young man that was born and raised in captivity. He is the cupbearer to the king of Persia. And what, what he is is a butler, but it's, be, it's deeper than that. He's a secret service agent, if you will. He's there to protect and take care of the king. He's there to taste the food, to taste the wine, to make sure it's not poison. He has a cush life. Things are great until he hears about the dysfunction taking place in his homeland. Now, when I say homeland, he's never been there before. It's through his lineage, generations. It's in his his, uh, heritage that he came, his parents came from this land. And he hears about their condition and it moves them. I need you to know that my God moves through dysfunction, or not through dysfunction, through dissatisfaction. My God moves through times in your life whenever you're dissatisfied. God uses dissatisfaction in order to push you, to prod you, to get you to another level today. And so I need you to understand that if you're satisfied with life, then you know what? This message isn't for you. But if there's something inside of you that's stirring, that you know that you were created for something more, that you know that your family, that God has something more for your life, then this message is for you today. I came here to be a just a herald of the word of God to challenge you today to receive what God wants to build in your life 
Now I want you to see Nehemiah understands that his success isn't about his comfort, but about God's glory. And he comes to rebuild walls that have been destroyed for generations. And walls have always been symbolic of protection, strength, and standard. But these walls have been destroyed, which means any great ancient city, the, the power of that city was known by the magnitude of their walls. And the fact that Israel had walls that were destroyed for 150 years shows the chaos that they were in. But I want you to see what happens here. Because the walls weren't up, they were vulnerable and exposed to attack. But in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15... I want to read this to you. It says, so on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Someone say finished. finished. Come on, look at your neighbor and tap them. Tell them finished. finished. The wall wasn't worked on. On October 2nd, it was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun. Bow your heads as we pray this morning. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Let's get let's just get into the word of God. I want to challenge you. I want you to notice this. It says this. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. That this word finished is a powerful word because it's a word that we get our word shalom from. It's a greeting that the Jews used to, to greet one another. When they say the wall was finished, the wall was completed, what they're saying is this, is that the wall has been completed. The wall has been established. There's no breaks left in it. That word uh, shalom means peace. It literally means to complete or to be at peace. It was a greeting that the Jews used to let people know that everything I need, I have. That I'm good coming in and I'm good coming out. That everything I, God has been good to me is what it means. That through every trial, through any tragedy, I've made it unscathed. I've gone through some battles in life. It doesn't mean that things of the road has been easy, but I've gone through some trials, but I made it out not only alive, but I came out with everything that I went into that battle with. I'm not lacking anything. Come on, somebody say amen. That mean, the word means to succeed, to finish, to complete a task. It also has the connotation of payback. Come on, somebody say payback. payback. That word payback means to restore to wholeness or to get double for your trouble. How many would love double for your trouble? How many know that 2020, everyone was talking about a year of double blessing, but it became a year of double trouble. But I want you to know that God is about to declare it is finished over your season of 2020. And you're about to walk into a double blessing that God wants to give to you today. You see, the walls that laid waste for generations were restored in a matter of days. Now, I didn't say months. I said days. Walls that had been destroyed for 150 years were put back together in 52 days. That breakthrough took place. And I want you to understand that your breakthrough isn't as far away as you imagine. You may look at the condition of your marriage, the condition of your family, the condition of your finances and your, your children, but I need you to understand that what looks like chaos, God can turn around for change and God can bring about for his glory. You see, you're rebuilding your marriage, you're rebuilding your sobriety, your finances, 
finances, your family, your health, your peace, your hope. Today you're building your future, your faith, or your purpose. But I want you to understand, in the past 30 years of ministry, I've watched firsthand people, marriages that were on the verge of divorce, get put back together again. I've seen people that were sentenced to life in prison get a second chance, and God used them. I've seen individuals that were strung out on drugs get free and then get their families back together. I've seen individuals that had the rubble of their lives because of addiction have their children taken away, their marriage fall apart, but now because of their sober and God stepped into their lives, they got their children back. I've seen individuals go from bankruptcy to owning their own home or business. I'm here to tell you today that whatever the enemy has destroyed in your life, my God is into rebuilding and not only rebuilding, but building it back stronger. Someone say amen. I want you to see what he says in verse 16. And when our enemies heard, when my, our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. There, there's some people that get joy to find out you're in trouble. There's some people that quietly clap when they hear of your struggles. But I came to tell you this morning that when they hear about how God restores those things that have been broken down in your life, all of a sudden, they're the ones that end up frightened and humiliated. Why? Because the word says this, they realize that this work had been done with the help of our God. I want you to know that what God is about to do in your life, you're not going to take credit for it. Your church isn't going to take credit for it. Your denomination won't take credit for it. Only God will be the one that gets the credit for what God is about to rebuild in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. God is about to expedite your miracle so that he will demoralize your enemies. So I want you to understand that only God, come on, someone say that, only God. Come on, say it again, only God. Only God could do it. Only God can do what he's about to do in this next season of your life. The rebuilding was so swift and decisive that their enemies could only conclude and concede that this was an act of God. Listen very carefully to me as I prophesy to you. I really believe that this is a voice of the Lord letting you know today that you are on the cusp, you are on the verge today of a season of building and completing. You are walking into a season where God is about to rebuild those things that have laid waste for years. Things you never thought you would see restored again. Things you never thought would become whole again. You were molested when you were young and now you're, you're, you find yourself incomplete. You find yourself destroyed. But God is about to put back together those broken pieces of your life. You found yourself going through a divorce and you never thought you would get your joy back. But God is about to restore your joy here today. I came to tell you today that my God is a God that puts things back together again. My God's a God that restores joy upon joy upon joy. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. 52 days. Not weeks. Days. No miracle from God. Listen carefully. We don't see a talking donkey show up. We don't see the Red Sea parting. We don't see manna fall from heaven. We don't even see fire fall from the sky. We see one man with one vision get together, 
go down a thousand miles, work through it, go to the city of Jerusalem and bring about the vision to a people that had lived in this situation for 150 years. There's no angels that show up with bulldozers. There's no angels that show up with, sky, with, with cranes to move the rubble out of the way. One man with one vision decided to come and help rebuild. I came here to tell you today, I need you to understand that you want to see God move, but you're sitting back waiting for a miracle to take place. God is waiting for you for that miracle to start happening in your marriage, in your sobriety, in your finances. Come on. You see, the greater the opposition against you, the greater opportunity for God to fight for you. But one thing I'm convinced of, church, you will never finish what you don't start. You will not finish 100% of the walls in your life that you don't start rebuilding. They don't just miraculously happen. God wants to partner with you. I said he wants to partner with you. He wants to come alongside you to help you rebuild these things. You see, I need you to understand right now that 52 days, walls that were destroyed for over a century were rebuilt. I can't imagine the people that every day woke up to see the rubble now all of a sudden walking out their front door and seeing a wall and feeling, you know what, my, my, my kids are going to be safe now. My, my family is going to be safe now. I don't have to worry about the enemy coming and stealing my children anymore. And you know what, some of us right now, we have no walls up in our family. We have no walls up protecting your marriage. The wall is not a bad thing. A wall is a symbol of strength protection. It's a symbol of security. It's a symbol of morality. And we need some walls that will help protect our families. But in 52 days, it was finished. Someone say finished. I want to talk to you because this reminds me of another great finish. I want you to know that today we celebrate the greatest finish of all. Today, we gather here and we celebrate churches across the nation, across the world. In fact, I need you to understand that if it isn't for this day, what we're doing means nothing. In fact, if, if, if the dead do not raise again, as Apostle Paul said, that our worship is in vain. If we don't believe that there is resurrection from the dead, that all our singing, all our preaching, all our gathering, all our worship, all our giving, the first fruits, all that stuff means nothing if the dead are not raised again. Right. We're here on an Easter Sunday morning to celebrate resurrection. Things that were destroyed being rebuilt. John chapter 19, verse 30. Very famous scripture. As Jesus hung on the cross, the sixth word of the seven words of Christ, Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. Then he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Everyone say that with me. It is finished. It is finished. It takes three English words to compose what one Greek word conveys. To die, it is finished. 
tetelestai. That word tetelestai means completed transaction or literally a word of achievement. It's done. I, I, I completed what I came to do. An end to complete the transaction is done. To finish it, to perform it. Listen carefully. It signifies the successful end to a particular course of action. I want you to understand that every time this word was mentioned in the word or someone said it, it was always connected to a successful venture. Whenever someone was coming into a contract with someone, whenever someone owed money to someone, whenever someone had a debt, and when they paid that debt off, they would say this word to Telestai, and it was saying this, man, I don't have any more to pay. I paid off everything I owed you. I own this house. I own this cow. I, this is my wife now. I don't owe anything more. Anytime you said that word, it is finished. It was a word of celebration. It was a word of, of victory. And now when Jesus says it, on the cross many people read and interpret this as a statement of defeat but I came here to tell you that is the greatest statement of victory that has ever been said before it is finished it's paid for it's completed it's done the word actually means more than I survived it literally means I completed exactly what I came to do it's, it's a victorious statement, paid in full. You know, and, and what, what's important is this. The, the Greek, we don't understand a lot because the, the New Testament was written in Greek. We miss out on some of the subtleties that are, that are there in the scripture. Tetelestai is written in what's called the perfect tense in the Greek. In Spanish, I, I flunked Spanish several times because I couldn't get the tenses right. And I don't know Spanish. Only time my parents spoke Spanish to us is when they didn't when, spoke Spanish is when they didn't want us to know what they were saying. So we kind of got lost in, in, in that, that thing. So we, I, don't, I don't speak Spanish. I know I look like I do. I go to Mexico and everyone's talking to me in Spanish. They don't believe I don't speak Spanish. But in the perfect tense, listen carefully, it signifies the perfect tense is an action that's been completed in the past that's still valid in the present. In other words, it's been done once and for all. It's not something that has to be done over and over and over and over. The imperfect tense in the Greek, we, we read it in, in the Word of God where he says, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. That, that's the imperfect. You have to keep on doing it in order to get the return. But here, when he says tetelestai, he's literally saying this. It's done. It's completed once and for all. Everything you need from here on out, what I've done today is activated in the future. I need you to recognize it's still in effect what Jesus finished. What, what, when he says it is finished, what's finished? What are you talking about, Jesus? With Nehemiah, 52 days, we know what he was talking about. He completed a wall. But what Jesus was saying is redemption has been paid in full. I'm not rebuilding your wall. I'm rebuilding your hope. I'm rebuilding your future. I'm rebuilding everything about you. See, you don't have to pay. Let me put it this way. How many of you have ever paid on something and you've paid for a long time? And you still owe on it.
Now, now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that means you've never had a mortgage before and you never had a credit card. But there's things that you just keep on paying and paying and paying. You refinance and then you keep on paying another 30 years. Keep paying and keep paying and keep paying and keep paying. You're trying to pay, pay down the principal and then you, you refi, and refi again another 30 years. And it's just like, I don't care how much I keep paying, I still owe. But what Jesus says is this, it's done. In fact, when Adam and Eve sinned, it separated us from God. I need you to understand, Jesus didn't just die for your sin. He died for your purpose. And when Adam and Eve fell, they literally had the Holy Spirit recalled. Jesus died not so just so our, our sins would be forgiven. That's part of it. But Jesus died so that your purpose could be restored. That the Holy Spirit can dwell inside of you again. You see, I need you to understand that Jesus didn't say, I am finished. That, that would have been a statement that he died defeated and exhausted. Man, I'm tired. I, I just can't. I, I'm finished. I, I can't, I'm done. I can't handle you people anymore. But that's not what he said. He said, it. Not me. It is finished. I successfully completed what I came to do, to tell us die. The Savior's final victory call, come on somebody, to tell us die was a declaration that I left nothing unfinished, no unfinished business, it's all been done. When Jesus said to tell us die, it is finished, he was literally declaring and speaking the truth that it is finished, it's done. As I close this morning, our God has the finisher mentality. God always starts with the end in mind. Now, let me say that again. Our God always starts with the end in mind because he exists outside of time. When he decrees something, it's already completed. And then he walks us through the process. I need you to understand something today. It's already done. Everything you need for victory is done. Everything you need to get your family back together again, it's done. Everything you need to restore your peace is done. You don't have to do anything other than receive the paid and full, full, uh, paid and full uh, condition that Christ brought about for your life. You don't have to do anything but receive it. All you have to do is walk in what God's already done. It's finished. It's completed. It's done. I know things may look bad right now, but it's finished. I know things may be bad right now but it's finished I know things may seem out of control I know things may seem overwhelming I know things may be a little painful right now and things may not make sense but I came to tell you today that it is finished it's done completed everything you need has been provided my God is a finisher I said my God is a finisher you always hear about the mamba mentality Kobe Bryant, the Mamba mentality, that at the end of the game, he just, it's no fear. Our God showed the finisher mentality as he hung on the cross and with bravery and focus, he said it's completed. What you need for success, it's in me. 
what you need for your family. It's in me for your freedom. It's in me for well-being. It's in me for healing. It's in me. Everything you need for a fresh start is in me. As we get ready to take communion this morning, I, I just want us to close with this, this statement, this story. Years ago, and we're talking the very beginning of our ministry. I was in Manteca, California, and Bishop was on vacation on a Sunday night, and I preached that Sunday night at the powerhouse. I remember preaching on it is finished. I remember standing there just with passion, crying out that it is finished. Everything you need for success, God has provided for you. I remember looking up and seeing a pastor friend of ours that we, we, it's like a brother to us. And I remember after I got done preaching, him walking down the aisleway, coming to the altar just in tears. We just embraced him. We got people around him and we just prayed for him. Didn't ask what was going on. Didn't ask what was taking place. But it was after that and to this day, we're talking almost 22 years ago, he still tells me that that was this moment that changed his life. He was already in ministry. He had a church, a growing church, respected, one of the greatest preachers I know. But he said, when I heard you say that I'm not finished, but that it is finished, it gave me hope that everything I need to succeed has been given to me. I don't have to fight for it. I fight from it. It's done. Some of you feel so much pressure right now to be good, to give God your best, to try to live the life above reproach, and I honor you for that. But listen, Jesus knew you couldn't do it on your own. That's what the cross was all about. Jesus provided everything you need. All you have to do is walk in victory. You aren't finished. It is finished. There's nothing you could add to it. Nothing you can subtract from it. It is finished. Only God. I want you right now to take the bread. Wherever you're at right now, whatever you have available. I want you to understand that as Jesus sat with his disciples before his it is finished moment it was already done in Jesus' eyes as he got the disciples around the table they sat at the table and he took bread what I love about this is that it didn't catch Jesus off guard this didn't catch Jesus off guard what was taking place he knew exactly what was taking place. He was in control of the whole thing. No one took Jesus' life. He laid it down. That's why with his disciples, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Not going to be broken, is broken for you. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet, but in his mind, it was already done. I want you to take the bread knowing that everything you need 
everything that you need to get your family back, to get your peace back, to get your hope back, God has already provided. Take the bread this morning. Father, we bless your name. In a like manner, he took the cup. Love how in control Jesus is through this whole process. As a worship team comes and helps me. How many know that Jesus was there in the beginning when he said, let there be light? He was the creator. Jesus created with the spoken word, just like everyone else. He created with his words. So when Jesus said, take and drink, this is my blood of the new covenant. He was literally creating a new environment, a new experience, a new possibility. That fellowship with Christ means victory. He says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Looking back at what Jesus did on the cross, but looking forward to his return. I need you to understand, this isn't it. It's not over. Everything you need for victory is over. But he's coming again. And we have to learn to fellowship with God now. Because we're going to fellowship with him forever. Now, as you take the cup this morning, I want you to take the cup in faith, believing that every wall that's been destroyed in your life, everything that has been destroyed and lay in rubble that needs to be rebuilt, that would be rebuilt right now as you take the cup. Take the cup this morning. Yes. Heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. You're here right now and maybe you don't know Jesus. You're tuning in because it's Easter Sunday. That's just what you do. But you understand this, that as I've been speaking, there's something stirring in your heart and you're recognizing just how much God loves you. That God wants to restore some things that have been destroyed in your life. So right where you are with heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you just to make this declaration with me. I want you to make this confession of faith. The word of God says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we will be saved. So I want you right now to make this declaration. Those of you at home with me right now, just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I thank you for the it is finished moment over my life. Thank you for providing everything I need to be set free. I believe you died on the cross rose again three days later because you love me. I make a choice today to follow you. I want to be your disciple. I want to be a follower of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer with faith and you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, the Bible says that you and your family shall be saved. So do me a favor. I want you just to text the number or the, the word alive to 408-340-7703. That's 408 
340-7703. Text the word alive. And we got some people that are going to reach out to you. They're going to love you. They're going to take time to let you know how much God loves you as well. And remember, it is finished. Everything you need for your victory has been done. So as we get ready to close this morning, as we get ready to, to say goodbye, listen, I want you to remember CWC Bay Area family, love God, love people, and let's change the world. Amen. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Sunday to you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.